As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's been obviously a, a year of a lot of ups and downs, uh, you know, trials and tribulations, and, 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 and frankly, in some ways, this game's a bit of a microcosm of, of our season but you know I, I felt that uh, the guys obviously this month of December um, have continued to work and, and put us in position uh, to, to play for potentially you know a, a playoff berth you know after what happens tonight but yeah it was I mean it's, it's disappointing that we, we didn't come out of here today with a win uh, you know there's 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 some struggles during the course of the game but you know our guys fought all the way down to the end. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed for him. I, I think, like all of us, to a man, we, we we felt confident coming in here that we'd be able to come out of here today with with the victory. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. All right, Cowboys fans, just like that, your 2020 Dallas Cowboys season comes to a screeching halt. Six and ten, the final record on the year. And the battle of the Red Balls was won by, not the Red Rifle, it's Red J winning this time around. We'll get him next year, maybe. Fandy's with the Cowboys, that is. But yeah, Cowboys losing to the New York Giants, and what a way to kick off the offseason. Cowboys not even having a chance to clinch the NFC East. Didn't even give themselves a chance. Didn't take care of their own business. That kind of sums up the entire season. You know, it's a season that teased us with success. It's a season that we're going to break down plenty this offseason. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you're not already. Coming up later this week, we've got The Athletics' Dane Brugler, the Prospects, the Pros podcast, my old draft show buddy, coming on to kick off Cowboys offseason with a little Cowboys draft preview, draft talk. And then next week, we've got a little special. We're doing reasons to be pessimistic about the Cowboys and then reasons to be optimistic about the Cowboys going forward. So make sure you're subscribed for that. But now, it's time to welcome in our panel, who are the best of the best when it comes to covering all things Dallas Cowboys. It's the Athletics. Saad Youssef, the Athletics. John Mashoda, the father. And of course, the Eagles, Kevin KT Turner. And I'm Kent Garrison, producing. As always, welcome in to About Them Cowboys, boys. And like I said, you know, I'm kind of conflicted here because I was kind of on the uh, on the whole like F it, you know, let's 
not see success. Let's 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 burn this mother down mode at the end of the game. But now I'm like kind of depressed. They didn't make the playoffs, you know, because I want this team to, uh, you know, be in a good foot going forward, so to speak. So, you know, so I'm kind of conflicted here. But I think right now I'm leaning towards bummed they didn't make the playoffs and hoping and wishing that they uh, have more success next season. And I'm not in tank mode right now. You know, it, it's interesting, Kent, because I think like I um and I've been forthright. I've been, you know, like open about this. I'm a Packers fan, have been my entire life. But covering the Cowboys, I've always pulled for them to win. And I know John's got a and Saad too. Guys have got to be in the press box. And uh, I don't really have maybe that like journalistic side. I was on my couch like a Cowboys fan pulling for them to win today. I was crushed. And yeah. I found my – I was yelling at McCarthy to challenge on the incomplete pass. And, and – uh, not uh, getting mad at Jalen when he's getting in the face of an offensive lineman for really no apparent reason. Uh, like those like things. And I'm like, man, that's crazy because when I was eight years old, I hated the Cowboys more than anything. Like it's, it's kind of weird, but that's just how my, my, my life path has been. And today I wanted them to win so bad. Uh, and I think it's just a thing. Maybe I've just covered them so long that you, you start pulling for them and it's more exciting. I mean, I do not understand the person who goes, Man, the NFC sucks. Uh, it's it's hands up in the air. It's not worth it. Man, this was theater every single week. No matter what you want to say about this team, finishing with this record at six and ten, and that sounds getting- like that sounds like Jerry KT. Honestly, yeah, I'm but, stuff you there. That's that's uh, well, a that's a Jerry Monday morning. Well, when you when you look at the total interest in the team, it was at an all time high. It was some great great drama, wasn't it? Yeah, but okay. <laughs> But it wasn't boring at all, was it, John? No, I mean that's true. But like that last game, was, you know what's first also not boring? boring? Winning Today, football really? games. Football Today's winning. first half was terrible. Yeah, okay, was, there was, so, that was unwatchable. It was so bad. Am I just jazzed up because I've got the red zone on another TV channel? So when <laughs> it must be because the commercial. I'm still watching other close games. <laughs> must be in that first half. More, I was thinking about. I just felt bad for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman that they had to call this game. I mean those are two bad teams playing each other. Now it got better, obviously in the fourth quarter and it ended up being an entertaining game. But that first half, like what was great about that first half? Like, even if you were a giants fan, like was there to be excited about? They had 20 in the first half, the giants averaged 17 a game. Like why are the Cowboys even allowing them to have 20 in the first half? That team's not good. And then all of a sudden it's like, they got this steel curtain defense. I don't know where, where was that? Where was that New York giants defense all season long? All of a sudden that the Cowboys can't do anything against them. Like there were just a lot of, it's just interesting that they end the way the season this way because it just shows you that what they did the previous three games were because they were playing other bad teams. You know, just like yeah. you know, some of these takeaways, those aren't going to happen if they win this game. Washington loses and they go play Tampa Bay next week. Tampa Bay, I I would not I would not be surprised if Tampa Bay didn't turn the ball over one time against this defense. You know, and had ease with beating them. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, if the Cowboys had won, though, it would have been interesting because, you know, we're seeing a lot of Eagles players now on, or sorry, Giants players on Twitter all up in arms because Nate Sudfeld is in the game for uh, for Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. And so I think even if the Cowboys had won the game, it, you know, they I still don't think they would have made the playoffs because Washington is, is going to win. Um, and so, you know, that... I don't know, but I'm with John. Like that first half was was really brutal to watch. It was so sloppy. You had like 
you know, we talk about the Cowboys forcing turnovers and stuff. The Giants were just like throwing the ball on the ground. Like, I mean, that one fumble was literally just dropping the ball on the turf. The other in the interception was just Evan Ingram just straight up dropping a ball. I mean, it was just a sloppy, sloppy football game. It wasn't really appealing to watch at all. And then how about how they almost got the ball back? Right. It's not like, I mean, I had to see it from a couple of different angles. So I was like, well, maybe when Jalen dove, he got a finger on it. Nope. Wayne Goldman was just like, whoa, it's tough to hang on to a football right now. And I'm running with it. I, oh, I better stop. I don't have the football anymore. Like, it's bad football. This last month has been bad football. Well, so, yeah, the whole, the whole division sucks. We know that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't, um, wasn't going to be good. Right, you're still and, you're still winning, playing for a division and a playoff spot. And yeah, yeah, no, and that's that matters. Fine. And, yeah, the big picture of that is fine. I'm just saying, but when you're just breaking down these individual games, I'll just be honest with you. I, this has been some of the worst football I've watched since I've started covering the team. Like this year, there's been a lot of bad football played. No, yeah, but that, I, and, and and a large part was played by this Cowboys defense. I mean, again, we're at the end of the season, and I still look at it, and I'm like, how many of these guys are even starting next year? You know, like they're just there's. I know that they were trying to go in with this like positive attitude that we're going to end on a positive note, but like this game was kind of a microcosm of the entire season, just like Mike McCarthy said after the game. You know, there was questionable play calls. I mean, questionable decisions by the head coach. Uh, really slow start that you're like, why? I don't understand why you're playing this poorly. Uh, the defense looked like it, it it had its ups and downs, like you saw all season. The only thing that seems to stay consistent is that they were able to get a couple of takeaways, like they've done these last few games, but. Um, you know, if they would have finished the season with four wins, gotten to the playoffs, and then they didn't, I wouldn't expect them to beat the Bucks. But if they would have played them close, I'd have been like, yeah, this team's heading in the right direction, whatever. I, I just, I look at the way the season ended, and I'm like, okay, they play bad teams. I mean, yeah, today today's performance doesn't change. Like, did, did anything happen in this? Anything happen in these last four games? Because I'm, I'm not about to hit you with like the most important thing that that that's happened in these last four games. Anything about these last four games do anything for you that makes you think that this? Anything on the defense should stay the same in the offseason. And when you do change, like, do you think that that's going to just in one offseason, it's all of a sudden going to be fixed? Like, you, I'm talking you need new coaches, you need new players like this isn't going to get turned around in, in one offseason. And the I hate good, to be like negative about it, but I just like I'm trying to be realistic as well. No, 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 absolutely. The, the good stuff was never some overall thing. The good stuff was all flashes. All flashes. It's Trevon Diggs making a play here. It's Donovan Wilson making a play here. It's sure, uh, you know, Marcus Lawrence, uh, Randy Gregory makes a play here. Yeah, that's and that's that's what it is when you're bad. It's just flashes. But I need to see it out of guys who are going to be here next year. I don't care if Jordan Lewis and Cheeto make a play. Those guys aren't going to be here next year. Right. But I'm just saying like like you still need another playmaking safety. You still need another playmaking corner. You still need linebackers. Sure. Um, But it's January 3rd. And and you, time to do that. and you still and you still need de- defensive tackles like significantly all across that that side of the ball. Like I don't know, I just like think the way that it was the fin- the season was finishing. I think there were some people that were thinking like, no, I you know what I think that I think they're I think they're fixing this defense. No, this, no, this that, defense isn't going to be fixed. Yeah, it's going to take some time to fix this defense. And and where I'm getting at is because my expectations of when you go and you hire a coach that won a Super Bowl and you have the offensive pieces that this team has is that. My expectations are that these are gonna. This is not only going to be a playoff team, but this is going to be a team that can make noise in the playoffs. And I just don't know that I've seen enough this season to make me think even next season that they get to that level. 
and you have to give the uh, the almighty disclaimer of all the excuses and all that all that stuff. Here's the thing I would say about this, and I understand weak offensive line deck. We don't have to do this. We've done this every week. All right. What was uh, I'll start with you, Sod. What was outside of just not getting the job done? What was your number one complaint with Jason Garrett as your head coach? With Jason Garrett, uh, yeah. you know, I th- probably just the how conservative he was. I think that was that was uh, that that was the biggest thing, right? Like it, it, it seemed like every time he'd rather just play it safe. Like, and a lot of different examples come to mind for me. It was it always comes down to you know that game in Houston last year when uh, when they punted on fourth fourth and one or something like that in overtime. Um, I think for me with Jason Garrett, it was just how conservative he was. Yeah, I would I would completely agree with that. It's conservative and predictability. And I guess the way I look at it is it's kind of like it's kind of like the comparison between even though Byron Jones is getting some interceptions this year, but it's kind of like the, the comparison between Byron Jones when he was with the Cowboys and then some of these corners that, you know, might get seven, eight interceptions in a season, but they take a lot of chances. Why do I have to have the two extremes? Can't I just have something in the middle? And I just feel like with Mike McCarthy, we're getting an extreme going in the other way where it's like, well, but the things I do like about Mike McCarthy are the exact opposites. Are, are They they fit into what I didn't like about what Jason Garrett was. Uh, Mike McCarthy loves to go for it on fourth down. Mike McCarthy is unpredictable and will do uh, take take chances and stuff like that. But it's almost like there's like too many of these gambles and like there's still like it's just like, can you be somewhere like more in the middle? Like, I just want, I'd like a little bit more consistency there, you know? Okay. And uh, both of you, uh, I mean, you guys have kind of had the same answer. I know where you're coming from. Uh, that would probably be like the second thing that bothered me about, about Garrett. And this is why I was annoyed by the hiring. My answer to that question that I asked, what's the number one thing that bothered you about Jason Garrett outside of just not getting it done would be in-game management. The idea that at the end of halves or end of games, I don't get a little bit of a boost because my head coach has understands strategy, um, and then there's a lot of things that goes into it. Yeah, that's, not, right that's on my. That would be on my list too. I, I don't mine, think I would have that as number mine one. Mine would be uh, his ceiling was so low. I think he was just a vanilla play caller and a vanilla minded football coach, where it was like our guys are going to be bigger and stronger than your guys, and that's how we're going to win. It's like that doesn't work anymore, really. You know, and they're going to be bought in, and they're going to be bought in and play with great effort. Yeah, and that that was his whole like. I'm going to coach the hell out of these guys, and Rod Marinelli is going to coach the hell out of these guys too. And we're going to go out there and we're going to win with Ezekiel Elliott running at you. And that was kind of his, and it and it worked to a certain extent, but the ceiling was eight and eight. You know, with that, you know, no, 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 that's not the ceiling. Didn't you often feel, though, that you were never – in fact, sometimes he would get in the way of you winning games at the oh, end yeah. and close yeah. games. Because that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's my that's where I, that's the reason I, I went down this road. It has nothing to do with Jason. No, his ceiling I'm not, was I'm – not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not here to kill Mike. I'm saying when they hired Mike McCarthy, I went – they did not upgrade it on in-game management. Yeah. The oh, stuff sure. that happened yep, today, yep. the challenges – the the, the the one challenge. Wait, isn't which, this the same guy that challenged the Des Bryant uh, catch non catch as it, cause it was borderline? Where was that today? There were two calls. Oh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you where that was today. What was it? Where what's were the those? Difference, what's, the, what's the difference between those two games? Where were they played at? I mean, at, at Lambeau. I mean, at Lambeau. Yeah. And 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 who was the home team at Lambeau? 
The Packer fa- so you're the Packer fans yelling for him to, to throw the flag? So he's No, it? the big screen will show the replay like 10 oh, times. Yeah, the big screen's true. not going to show the replay 10 times of that play in, in, in New York. Yeah, because it went the opposite way. You're right, it right. was an away game. Yeah, right. well, I mean, so the thing is, watching on the TV copy, I actually went back and looked at it, and but immediately I was like, I think that ball hit the ground, but I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. And then you see the second replay, and you're like, oh, clearly. Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. But I don't even know if you could kill him for that because it's there was probably a Cowboys staffer uh, on the plane ride home tonight feeling like crap and just no Cowboys uh, staffer was watching the TV copy. I don't buy that. I, I actually no one in PR was. They have a line down to the field. Like, oh no, I'm on, sure. That, I'm sure they were, but I, I, I'm saying that there has to be some type of an error in in the way that their system is put together yeah. and yep. it didn't get called down in time. I'm yeah. saying that when you were in Green Bay, when you're in Lambeau, all he has oh, to do I is know turn what his saying. head I know and you're saying. I'm, what, I'm wondering have, why they didn't do it. No, what, I'm sure what, I'm sure he did. And, the, and, and I don't expect him to throw that is. guy under the bus after the game either. I don't. But no, uh, he's he also he's also going to take I mean, you're, when you're the head coach, you take the blame for that. That's why you're the head coach. That's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why you get all the credit for, you know, being a Super Bowl winning head coach. Obviously, he had a lot of other coaches that helped him in Green Bay as well to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, he had a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback who when he's at his best plays the quarterback position better than probably anybody's ever played it, but he still is looked at as a Super Bowl winning head coach with a street named after him. So you get, you know, you get a little bit more credit and you get more blame. I, I mean, that's just the way it works. It's it's never going to be completely fair. But on a play like that, though, KT, just in, in that time in the game, I, I just think you have to throw it regardless. Just even, exactly, on anything, exactly. on anything that's close, you have to because it's such a big play because I, I, I know that you can sit there and say, oh, it was outside. And how do you know Graham Gano is going to make from 50? You don't even give him the chance to do that. You know, yeah. without at least being like, I want to see, I want to see a replay of that thing. Especially where's today's the, NFL, the, where they where they nitpick every little thing on a catch when they watch replay of it. Like, there's just such a there's such a good chance. Like, like later in the game when they said that it, that that fumble was recovered by the Giants, I was like, yeah, good luck trying to prove that thing on replay because there's so many guys in that scrum, right? But a, but a bang bang type catch like that, they're gonna dissect that thing so much in the replay. There, I mean. If any part of that touches the ground, they're you know they're they're going to give the the challenge the benefit of the doubt there, and so that just it doesn't look good. It just it it does not look good for a veteran head coach that to not have thrown the challenge flag there. Yeah, and also also like Mike Pereira even said that you know if they do challenge it, then then you know the Cowboys would probably have won that challenge. So I think that's what that's another thing, and also. You know, it, it's it's like John said. At, at at that point, you have to make an executive decision. Like you have to just you have to take it upon yourself and look at the, look at what the situation is. I mean, it's the difference of whether you need a field goal or a touchdown, and how much time is left in the game. So you have all three timeouts. You lose one timeout. You're still left with two timeouts and the two minute warning. So you still have three stoppages of the clock if you need to get a three a three and out to get the ball back. A couple minutes later, you're not you're not handcuffing yourself like that. So I think at that point, even if nobody is is in McCarthy's ear, you still have to once they're lining up the way that the way that the how quickly they were going. Once they're lined up, you just gotta throw the flag. And what would you rather have? Two timeouts needing a field goal or three timeouts needing a touchdown? Like I don't know. He he was yeah yeah no, and you're right. He was watching the big screen. Now you're you you got to make a good point about how many times it might have been shown. But he was looking at something. And again, there's a Cowboys staffer who had whose job is to, you know, get that information to him, who's probably who, who might horrible. not have a job. 
Yeah, who might not have a job and some of his cohorts may not have jobs either. So here's um, the other interesting thing about that is that, you know, three of their assistants didn't travel for this game because of COVID mm-hmm. protocols. So who knows? Like he was asked after the yeah. game about that. And he said that that didn't have any impact on it. But who knows? Maybe that was one of those guys jobs or maybe it was somebody else's job who or you or was in previous games. But in this game, they had a different responsibility because this guy and this guy weren't there. You know, there could have been issues like that because that thing, I mean, I can tell you this right now, like he, after the game, Mike McCarthy said he didn't get a chance to watch the replay. Obviously, when he gets a chance to watch the replay, it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what questions we ask him. It doesn't matter what he says to anybody. When he watches that replay, he's going to be kicking himself. Absolutely, he will be. And, you know, I I, I looked it up just for fun. Just, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, But this is how I spent the last two minutes of the game. Uh, While watching the game, quickly counting up all the challenges he's had in his career as head coach. 48. Uh, for 95. So just a, just a tad, tad over 50%. So it doesn't really tell you anything. Like it just, it's just kind of like, like you said, John, and like what McCarthy said at the end of it, today was kind of a microcosm of this season. Trials and tribulations just didn't quite get it done. And it's true. And that's how I would grade not only the football team, but I would grade him as a head coach. You've got to be better next year. Yeah, there's, I mean, that's flat out. You have to be better next year. And he will be because Dak's going to be here probably, right? Um, offensive well, line, think, maybe I, healthier. Like, I think like I think they will be better next year almost by default. But he was not hired here to get you to the playoffs. He was hired think, here to win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think, I think the talent is definitely going to be better because, look, they're going to be picking, you know, uh, number 10 and they're going to get talent in the draft. Free agency, the injury is coming back. But – what what still isn't going what what still isn't going to just magically get better KT is what you brought up the game management and, and John pointed this out in in his post game article which everyone should go read at the Athletic the season comes down to two plays fourth and ten deep in your own territory and then not throwing the challenge flag here now both of those whether you want to whether you want to you know fault uh, fossil for the fourth and ten or you want to fault a video guy for not getting in McCarthy's ear to throw the challenge. At the end of the day, McCarthy has to sign off on those things, and McCarthy can't allow Fossil to go for it on fourth and ten deep in your own territory. And and if the and, and if whatever assistant isn't getting back to him, he needs to throw the flag. Those kind of things, McCarthy, whether Dak isn't there or not, whether Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith is there, those are the things McCarthy has to do next season that he didn't do this season. I absolutely agree with you, Saad, and that's the that's the issues that I have with it too, because I, I like to think over the track record of me covering this team, I'm not the type of guy that just says a bunch of wild things just to say them to try and get clicks or, or try to get people to listen to the podcast. I try and call it fair and look at it from both sides and think of it a lot of times of what I would do in that situation myself, obviously not being an NFL head coach, but just knowing that the difficulties that comes along with that job. But I will say, even when you factor in the injuries, having to do COVID, all of that stuff, I understand that that stuff is difficult, and I get that. But as you just pointed out, those type of th- those type of plays, there, there's other things that happen during the season with you know too many guys, not enough guys on the field, things like that. Those are things that de- that doesn't matter for. And then the biggest one, number one on my list, no doubt about it, will always be not even close. I will always refer back to this every time I look back to this first season is. You had an entire season off, and this is the defensive coaching staff you came up with. Like that is just that has nothing to do with COVID. That has nothing to do with injuries. Like that is that is just a real head scratcher there. That 
for when you're looking at this, like I clearly believe that there's going to be better days ahead for Mike McCarthy as coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm just saying in year one, there are things that go beyond COVID that go beyond injuries that make you sit there and go, you know, well, that didn't look good. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully that gets cleaned up because you're, you're hoping for better in, in those certain situations. And Hey, when I say this too, I understand like, I, there was a good chance going into the season that he that like there was not going to be any games without any questionable calls by the coaching staff. I totally yeah. get that. You know, that's always going to happen. But I'm just telling you things that I've seen and the way I feel about them. Well, the, the way they talk about things, too. I, I want to, I'm glad you took it to coaching. Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, let's get into the Kellen stuff in a second as well. And I also want to come back to Jalen. We need to talk about his weird quote. Um, the Cowboys are always like, well, look, we're going to evaluate our coaching staff this week. They should be evaluating their coaching staff tonight and tomorrow because the Philadelphia Eagles don't have a defensive coordinator and a bunch of teams in this league are making big changes. Why do they take so long to evaluate their coaching staff and and make these official moves? I know there are contracts in play and that comes down to it. But like, don't you want to be the first ones if you're going to do it? Like, don't you want to be the first ones to rip off the Band-Aid so you can start interviewing people immediately and try to make changes. And yes, I'm talking about Mike Nolan and the defensive staff. I thought you were talking about uh, Jason Garrett still being around the facility, and then you only interviewed two head coaches. Sorry. Be, that was such a long back. time ago. Sorry. Oh, it was last year. Sorry, go ahead. It was a year. It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was right. It was a year ago. They might already, and it might be the same exact thing, to be honest with you. The world's they might not already the have better their, place since then. They might already have their DC already already thought of, of who it's going to be. You know, they're going to sit there and say that, that these are the formalities of we got to talk it over and evaluate and stuff like that. But they already have, I mean, there's enough of, of the season. It's not like it just came to an end right here. And all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I don't think this defense was as good as we thought it was going to be. We need to evaluate that. Like they've known for a while here that, hey, some changes need to happen. I'm the, sure they have um, some people figured out. The fact that they they lost today and and put up the performance they did against this New York Giants offense, you know, uh, I think that that spells the fate of of Tabasco Mike, doesn't it? You know, like I, I think if they sneak their way into the playoffs, this defense gets a couple of takeaways, you know, late. They're coming on strong. I think maybe you know maybe they they give them one more year. Oh. Maybe maybe this, maybe he's the, he's the sacrificial lamb now that the way the season ended somebody has to go and and he's the one with with the way things ended. Well, and I'm very interested on what the next play would be too. Like, yeah, this is the coach that this is the defensive coordinator and the defensive staff you hired the first time. Like, h- how confident are you that the next person that's hired or put in that position is then going to be the right person? I mean, it's I don't know, and it's this not is- it's not an exact science. I get that, but I'm just saying, like, there is some. I'm very interested to see what those changes could be. This is where things get tense to me because, uh, sure, we can all sit here and uh, all agree, yeah, we need to do something else. Mike Nolan, no, all right? But what if Mike McCarthy goes to Steven and Jerry says, look, guys, I need better players on defense. This is not Mike Nolan's fault. The guys started buying into the system the back half of the year. You guys saw us get those turnovers down the stretch. You guys saw us kind of come together as a defense a little bit, you know? But I got to have better players. It's not Mike Nolan's fault. What if Mike McCarthy goes to bat for his friend? That happened well, a million times in Green Bay with Dom Capers. It yeah, just happened. I think I think he would have had a much stronger case to do that if they win the game today and if they do something against Tom Brady uh, or something like that. But right now, if I'm Steven or Jerry, I'm saying, so you did what against Brandon Allen? Like, I mean, do you, I mean, is that something that's supposed to be impressive? 
Uh, so I think that's where Mike McCarthy has less of a case when it's like, look at the three opponents that you beat. You didn't, you didn't do anything. So, uh, so I, I think that's where he loses on that argument. I, I to do, be honest with you, Jerry, quick. this isn't Green Bay though. Jerry gets what he wants. Like this ain't going to be like in Green Bay where it was like, no, yeah. I really want this guy. And then he sticks around like, no, if Jerry's like, <laughs> I mean, he'll sit there and he'll do it a very nice way. He won't be mean about it. He'll be like, all right, Mike, yeah, I'll listen to you. Cool. Are we done? Oh, oh, we want me. To, okay, you're gonna keep going. Okay, cool. I mean, we're getting a new DC, but go ahead. I'll. I mean, but I'm gonna hear you out. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. Friend, yeah. No, and I understand that. I get that too. And then he'll tell you a story about how he had friends too that in in the oil business that he had to let go or something like that. But if if yeah. Jerry is sold that that they need a new DC, there will be a new DC. Well, they they need to know because I think you need to be the first if you are trying to get you know who knows what they're you know, what they're doing. Uh, this organization that that kind of goes off connections. Rest for a long time, but maybe they've pinpointed a few people that they like, as they did, you know, with Mike McCarthy. But I like him to know, and I think you, when you're doing offseason planning on who's going to be here, who's not going to be here, you have a little more time. When it comes to evaluating players, you have time. When it comes to evaluating coaches, you do not have time because there will be coaches on the street tomorrow. There will be coaches on the street, and you know they're on the street today. And if you want to come, come bring them in, like you need to, you know, get on that ASAP. It's like today with Philadelphia, it's like Jim Schwartz is like, yeah, I'm taking a year off or, or I might retire. I don't know. I don't really have any jobs lined up right now is basically what that was. But like that's like I have to think about what they're doing in the draft at 10. You know, I got names for you and I got players and we'll talk about those. We're going to have Dane Brugger on next week. But I also need to know what kind of defense we're running because I can't just you know pull straws and draft. There are guys in this draft, maybe more than in recent history where I would consider a lot of tweeners or guys who just wouldn't be right in a 4-3 or if you just wouldn't be good if you're going to play with Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. I don't know if I can take uh, this linebacker from Notre Dame unless maybe we're playing him at strong safety. Like There's a lot of things they need to get figured out on how they want to play defense because at the core, what is their defensive philosophy? I don't know, and they don't know. Yeah. So that's where we're at. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And then on, on offense, I'll just say this. I know that CeeDee Lamb had some drops. Andy Dalton didn't play his best game. And all that. I guess I just glossed over it because I'm like, yeah, you know how you fix that? You get Dak Prescott back and Zach Martin and Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. And so, like, I didn't even write a ton about those type of things, about how, you know, they couldn't get the running game going and things like that because the season's over. And I'm like, all right, it's time to look forward now. And now it's all about you getting Dak's contract done and you get these offensive linemen healthy, and you get back to being what should be one of the best offenses in the league. Now, where's your defense at, as as we were talking about just now? And who's who's running your defense? And can it at least be middle of the pack? You know, Can it be one of those where at the end of next season that we can say that after every one of these games that we did, one of these shows, we didn't go, man, effort didn't look good there in the end of the fourth quarter. Man, looked like guys were kind of mailing it in there, like, can it just be like guys all bought in on top of getting turnovers too? Like, is that possible? I mean, you, it, it yeah, it all, it's, it's gotta be way more consistent, way more consistent. Uh, that takes us to Jalen. Maybe we'll get to the Kellen thing later. What takes us to Jalen? I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, when I saw, I think you were the one I saw tweeted out, uh, John first, the quote <laughs> from Jalen. Now, I actually, I got to be honest, I, I really can't believe the question. Who asked the question? Do you know? Yeah, Calvin Watkins. He, okay, Calvin Watkins. Did he ask him straight up, are you going to be here next year? He goes, he asked him about, about you know, there's going to be a lot of changes, you know, that happen in offseason, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about, you know, your future with, with the team? Like, next year he goes, and Jalen okay. go, goes, me? And Calvin goes, yeah. And then that's when he said the thing about watch the tape or whatever. So, and then he <laughs> caught himself because he didn't want to go like too hardcore on like, you know, like, I don't know who you think you're talking to or something. Like he didn't do anything like that. But then, but by the end of his answer, you can tell that that's basically what he's saying. Like people that know football know that I'm a good player is basically what he was saying. You know, it, it is a, okay. I, I actually do think it's a fair question. Oh, it's 100% a fair question. Yeah. 100%. Okay. But can I read the quote just for those out there who didn't see yeah. it? Here's the quote from Jalen. He said, me? Am my future? No, <laughs> here is verbatim. Here it is. Me? I mean, watch the film. But for me, it's a blessing to be able to play this game. So many people thought I'd never, ever play again. So for me, I'm my worst critic and I'm my biggest fan. I'm going to keep at them, keep grinding. The guys that know football and know our scheme and watch film, um, I don't have to speak for myself. It's all love. What the what, hell does that mean? Hey, what scheme? I'm I'm not. I, I just cover this team and I write about football. I don't know what I'm talking about. But if anybody's listening to this, can you tell me what scheme it is where where you just get blown off the ball ten yards and then finally make a tackle? If you 10, know football, he's he's an all pro all all <laughs> pro bowler. He just must not be getting the stats and accolades for that. I don't know what it is. We're just and all, to, be, to be honest with you, his play on the field has spilled over into like where people like can't even stand anything he does after the plays like you know third and one 
guy gets a first down, but it's a decent tackle. He's swiping. It's like, it's a first down. Uh, that fumble at the end of the game when Wayne Gallman's at the bottom of the pile. And I mean, literally Trayvon Diggs, you should w- go back and watch how Trayvon Diggs jumps into that pile. Like, like his life depends on it. And Jalen just standing there like a statue the entire time, just signaling that the ball, that the, that's the Cowboys ball. Well, these guys are just fighting for it. It's just like the <laughs> optics of it are just so bad. And it just reminded me of like that Chicago game last year in Chicago, where it was just like some of the stuff he was doing, it was like, this is not the time for that at all. You know, I mean, I, I always make the comparison to this, but it'd be like, it would literally be like in the times when Zeke was struggling this year that like he would run and get like stopped at the line of scrimmage and then he would do like the feed me thing. Like he would yeah. never do that because you just don't there's, do that in those situations. There's two images I'll never get out of my head about the 2020 season. Number one was today with the pile and there he is pointing <laughs> while everyone's diving that one. And then the second one was earlier in the year. And it was on one of the TV broadcasts and it's Jalen flexing. And then it's like, they got the Cowboys team defensive stats on there. And it's 32nd, 32nd, 32nd. Like it gets the pass, the run and overall. And he's flexing. I'm like, yeah, it's like everything he does. Is so over-exaggerated. Like well, he's the guy is- like takes a lick of an ice cream cone, has the lick. And he's like, yeah, high five. And everyone like, it's insane. Even uh, even the second and one today. I mean, the second and one. I mean, they got the first down, and he he did a swipe. Like you know what I mean? Like it's like, what are you celebrating at that point? You it was close enough to where you should have the you should have the know how to not even do that until you you didn't tackle him four yards behind the line of scrimmage. It, at best, it was inches, but he but he was celebrating already. And you know, Troy Troy was not having it. Like I mean, he was. He he was not ha- he he could he was just you know mincing his words, but still, I mean th- that stuff would be bad even if you were average. But Jalen hasn't even been average; he's been bad. And so, like John said, the optics just make it even worse. But sad, he had a career high in tackles this year. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Tackles <laughs> is not a stat. Okay, no, like, it the, is the a stat. stat. It's a no, stat. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not like a good one, but pitching. it's a stat. It's like pitcher wins. No, no, that, that, that's about other people. Like that's not a stat. It's not an individual stat. I've always hated that one. Tackles for a loss. Talk to me. Uh, it was pretty ironic that the Wayne Goldman run and then the, uh, what we're calling the, the nut, fum- some people were calling it the nut fumble. Um, but the Wayne Goldman run was right in Jalen Smith's cutback lane. I was like, that's where he was supposed to be. And he wasn't. Uh, it's but just, you don't know this scheme. Okay, yeah, KT, no, I'm, you're right. If you knew I don't the know scheme, you'd know right. that that's how it was supposed to go. But but but, but do Jerry and Steven know? Watch the tape, does, KT. Does Mike McCarthy know? Watch does Mike the McCarthy tape. and Jerry and Steven, the do they know he's bad? Watch the there tape. is absolutely no doubt <laughs> that they know. There's absolutely no doubt. So what do you do? What do you do about it? I think you have to move on. Can he be on your team and not start? No, I don't he's think He's a positive so. guy, right? He's a positive not, guy, not, right? Yeah, but I think that he he needs to be in a position where he's in the spotlight. Like he he needs that, and I don't think it would work that way uh, as as a backup or. Well, he's uh, in that position now. It no, he's calling well. that defense. Like he, they, everything runs through him. I mean, that's I why he's out there all the time. That's how you end up with the most tackles. Doesn't mean it's a good stat, but it means that you're out there all the time. Okay, if I cut him after June first, you know the cap. The dead, the dead money goes to, 
You know, we start talking about, you know, maybe eight to nine million dollars over four years, which that feels doable, right? We should yeah. move on. I'm saving a lot of money at, on, on my cap. He's a post June 1st cut. If I cut him now, you know, you'd be eating a lot of money. But, you know, I think the way I would do it is I would probably, God, maybe you got it. Maybe you just got to rip the band aid off now. Yes. Uh, and, and you don't God, need to spend I, significantly on linebacker. If you go in another direction, doesn't mean you have to sit there and use, you know, the the 10th pick or even your second round. Can you just, can you get me another Anthony Hitchens? Like I was just fine with Anthony Hitchens. Like, I, dude, I, I'll take do Luke that. Gifford right now. I'll take Luke Gifford <laughs> and at least see what the hell he has to offer because I don't know how much worse it can get. You know, at, at 10... And I know we want to get that secondary going. I'm just throwing this out there. We're not. Gonna we get are getting stuff. the secondary fixed at ten. Okay, so don't even. Okay. Stop with the foolishness now. <laughs> but you know, Micah Parsons of, of Penn State kind of scares me a little bit. He's a freak athlete. The the Notre Dame kid, Jermaine uh, Ousu Koromoa. Yeah, ball he player. might be a linebacker slash safety type. Oh, so, I know. Like, and then people are going to hate that too because he went to Notre Dame. Yeah. Well. They're gonna, be like, they're gonna be like, what if he's another Jalen Smith? Yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah, just take the take one of the corners and just move it on. Uh, no, but he is. I, he, I mean, I've watched a lot of him. He is. He is a ball player. I mean, he does remind incredible. me. Yeah, and he reminds me of the playmaker that Jalen Smith was at Notre Dame. Obviously, that changed with the foot injury, but yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a playmaker for sure. And I, I just, but in with the way the Cowboys play defense, I think he's more of a linebacker than a safety. And it's not lost on me that a part of the uh, of Jalen's, um, I don't know, a lack of good play is the fact that we're talking about a guy who lost feeling in one of his feet for uh, about a year. Like, that's not lost on me. And I'm I'm very like, like, that's the type of thing I've never like, oh, dude, the fact that he's made to, we all know. The oh, good that's things a great about, story. Yeah. We all know the good things about Jalen. It doesn't have to be said anymore. We all know. Yeah. It's more than bad play. It's body language now. Right. That's like. What? And it's been more it's than the, one season. And that's why yeah. when he made this and when he made the Pro Bowl last year, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is a good thing. It's just a real lack of awareness. I don't know. Uh, should we talk about the Kellen thing? Yeah, let's do While it. we're here, I think we should. News came out Saturday that Kellen Moore signed a three year contract extension with the Cowboys. And then uh, on the broadcast today, Troy said something that it felt like he kind of slipped out. He was like, well, last I heard, he was taking the job at Boise. <laughs> He's kind of kind of slipped out there, but I don't know if that's what Troy was saying. College I, I jobs have... are real interesting with that. There's a lot of moving parts in terms of like boosters and people that know yes. what's going on and who don't, who doesn't and who's on the inside and who's not. I've always found that very fascinating with when these college, you know, like for, for example, you know, on – what day was it? Was it Friday when the Steve Sarkeesian stuff came out about Texas? That was Saturday. Or Saturday, okay. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, all right, do I believe this or not? Like, it seems like it's coming from some reputable reporters and stuff. Like, is this a done deal? And I just like, college is just really fascinates me. But yeah, so yeah, Saad texted me about that when it happened. I was like, yeah, it's so that was so strange what he said about that. Because from everything I heard, if Callum was offered that job, he was going to take it because it was... Boise was his dream job. I don't know that that would have been the case if it would have been any other college job, but because it was Boise, I think he would have taken that. Now, for me personally, I know that he wants to be a head coach. If he wants to be an NFL head coach, he is in the best spot possible right now. And I certainly would have signed that. Yeah. I mean, 
you just look across this league and it is littered with young offensive coaches that are getting chances because they can call an offense. They're getting chances to be head coaches. And yeah, it's not working out with a lot of them. I mean, Adam Gase just got let go today, you know, but there's a lot of Kevin Stefanski's out there and Kyle Shanahan's and Sean McVay's out there. So, uh, I mean, he's got all, I mean, and it's, it's such a good move for him too, because he's got, a loaded offense. It's not like he's like, well, hey, we're going to need you to really draw some stuff up here because basically the talent on offense is going to be what our talent is on defense where you're just like, I mean, I only got so much to work here. With I don't know how good you expect this to be. No, that offense is loaded. So if you're that guy that you have the Cowboys offense is one of the top, you know, five offenses in the league for the next couple of years, he's going to get head coaching offers. So I, I think it's a, a great move uh, by the Cowboys. Uh, last thing I'll say, and I just thought it was interesting how Jerry on the radio uh, on Thursday, New Year's Eve, he's just talking about how, like, you know, there's just some things that you got to take it if, if they're there, you know, and basically made it sound like, yeah, that if, you know, Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> I feel like that's what he calls him to, Kellen gets these opportunities that, you Kellen? know, you, you'd have to be able to take it. And so I was kind of like, oh man, he's kind of understanding that this is his dream job and that. And then here we go a couple of days later and it's like, he's got a three year deal done to stay with the Cowboys. So obviously watching this game, people are probably like, oh, I don't know who cares. It's not that big of a deal. Look how bad the offense looked today. Give him time. I think, I think, I think Kellen's shown enough upside that he, he deserves to be here beyond this season, next season, the season after that. So I think they're in good shape there. And really, to be honest with you, it really doesn't matter what we think. If Dak Prescott's on board with him and he wants him to be his OC, then that's the guy you got to keep because that's the guy you got to sign because Dak Prescott's the face of your organization. Yeah, I think that's that to me, that's the biggest thing. And what, and you know, right when I saw the news, that's exactly what I tweeted is that people underrate the Dak Prescott factor here. Uh, this is a guy that Dak obviously has known from the very beginning of his career. He's pretty much the only carryover from 2016 in terms of, you know, the coaching staff and things like that of, of someone who's he's, he's had close contact with and directly been working with because he was close with Jason Garrett as well and, and things like that. So I think. You know, I talked to Kellen once last year in a one-on-one situation when I did the story on him about his past with Boise, and he he really like he he loves Boise and he loves that job, but he made no secret about it that his his goal was to was to be an NFL head coach. And if that's your goal, like I, I think the reason why this this works a lot better beyond everything that John said, which is really the the gist of it. But at Boise or any college that you go to, you're judged a lot more by wins and losses and things like that. Whereas right now, it doesn't really matter how much the Cowboys win or lose with Kellen as the offensive coordinator. If Dak throws for 6,000 yards and the offense is at the top of the league, Kellen is still going to be a candidate for a head coaching job somewhere, even if the defense continues to be absolute crap, right? So I think that's that's another factor where I think you know, Kellen has that advantage where right now he really has to worry about one side of the ball, the production that comes from it. And the first four weeks of this season, four or five weeks with Dak showed us that he's going to be just fine. He, I mean, the offense is going to produce at an electric level, regardless of what the defense does. And he doesn't have to recruit young players or anything like that. He doesn't, he's not going to be judged on solely winning wins and losses. This is just the right situation for him to be a head coach in the NFL. Two things. A, to the crowd up there that does not think Kellen Moore is an asset, I would ask you then why was Dak Prescott on pace to throw for 6,000 yards after week four? Luck. You could say that's all on the wide receivers, all on luck. 
he changed what uh, th- this to, and I think I think actually that he and Mike McCarthy I think vibe pretty well too. You know, uh, I, I truly believe that. One thing I'll say about Jerry, and this is why I kind of wasn't surprised. You know, Jerry saying all that on Thursday, that's just Jerry trying to get get a bit of a an answer, trying to get a bit of a budge. Because you know that deadlines make deals. It's not hard for Jerry to go, look, Kellen, go find out what Boise State's offering you and then come back to me and we'll talk. But I will have the final say. Like That's how he's going to negotiate, right? Having the last word type thing. And then this is where, you know, it's always been odd to me that you could find it, but it's always it's never from a good source. Like NFL head coaching salaries are rarely out there. Um, I believe the Mike McCarthy contract, I'm led to believe it's, and we know it's five years. I'm led to believe that it's 6 million a year. Could be wrong. I don't have that verified, but I think it's 6 million, which puts him, you know, in the upper echelon. And Sean Payton, some of those guys make a little more, uh, but like that's, that's pretty up there. That's pretty solid. So if Mike McCarthy's making 6 million a year, and let's say that Kellen was offered, or $2 million a year to go be the head coach at Boise State. It ain't real hard for Jerry to go. We'll give you three years, $3 million per year. Essentially making Mike McCarthy's contract a four-year contract is what that does. I mean, because you're going to make a decision on Kellen after that third year, right? You're not just going to let Kellen go again. Either after three years, either Kellen leaves because he's not any good or he goes and takes whatever head coaching job he wants because he's good. Kellen Moore is not signing up after three years to be the Cowboys' offensive coordinator again. That's not happening. He will be the Cowboys' head coach, or he will go be the head coach somewhere else. So that's what Mike McCarthy's got. <laughs> like that's It's not Garrett Wade part two, but it's like half of that. <laughs> like there's, still, it's a, there's a part of it It's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it would be. McCarthy going into his final year of his contract, Kellen Moore is a free agent. If Kellen has performed, that's Kellen's job. And I think there's a reason. We know Kellen, uh, is, he's talked about it so many times how much Boise State means to him. You know, like you've heard him talk about it. For him to turn that down, I'm not saying an under-the-table deal was done, but I'm not saying that an under-the-table deal was not done. That's... So what do, you, what do you think about Jerry Jones, uh, this quote he had, this is the day before, this is the day, uh, this is New Year's Eve. He said, Kellen mixes it up pretty good. Mike actually has to have a little lid from time to time on Kellen, but it's a good thing. It's a real positive thing. That's what makes Kellen so exciting to be part of the Cowboys. And he was saying, and then he went on to talk about how McCarthy and Kellen Moore, because of that, make a great combination. I just thought it was funny because. Lid. Yeah, like as in like, you know. Kellen's trying to get too wild on offense, and sometimes he has to reel him back in, you know? Why are we reeling him in? Let's get wild. Speaking from experience. Guys, he's trying to win the <laughs> NFC East here. Let's screw it. By the way, uh, fire off the breaking news sounder there, Kent. There it is. Breaking, breaking. A team without a mascot has won the NFC East. It's official. Washington beats Philadelphia 20-14. to So it was all for naught today anyways. Washington wins uh, after Philadelphia goes ahead and tanks it up in the fourth quarter by putting in Nate Sudfeld. So Washington and Tampa Bay uh, over the weekend. Um, so now you yeah. wish they just would have lost all three of those games, finished three and thirteen, and had the third pick. You know that's not how it works, sir. Sitting at number no, ten I said right you. now. Top I said ten. You. Top ten, baby. 
Okay, a quick question though. A quick question for for both of you guys. Do you kind of see this more as going into the off season, zero and one or three and one? Because I think that's that's kind of what McCarthy talked about, right? Was like was yeah. how he wanted to finish strong. So is he finishing zero and one or three and one? I don't think zero and one. Zero and one. When you had a chance to make the playoffs, zero and one. I I, you I didn't think get you it wa- done. I think you wash it off real quick. And I and I also think. That three and one wouldn't have mattered. I just don't think that matters. I think too much of the roster is new. You know, I mean, I just, I just think too much. Like when you bring in a third of the people, let's say uh, I'm gonna throw out a a, a generic. Uh, let's say you're working at the office. Let's say you're working at Dunder Mifflin, and thirty people work oh, there. Oh, I love that place. Okay. Well, <laughs> th- well they fire, they fire, uh, or they get rid of ten of those people and bring in ten new ones. Well, 10 of those new ones aren't going to understand that Jim and Pam have been making googly eyes at each other. They don't get the reference because they didn't experience it. They don't know. They don't know that Dwight uh, is the type of guy who's going to set the place on fire. Like, they don't know. So the new guy coming in on this new roster doesn't know that Jalen Smith will sometimes over-exaggerate a little bit. Like, they don't know any of that stuff. And I think that's, that's a big enough number uh, I think there's just too much turnover for year-to-year type stuff. I think at your core, with your main guys, sure. Like, that that matters to DeMarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper and, and all these guys who are coming back. But I think that there's enough new guys coming in when you replenish your roster each year. I really don't think it matters that you went 3-1 and one last year or in the final month of the year. I think if you had playoff success and – Teams are watching you on on uh, you know national TV in January. I think maybe you know maybe you see that, or maybe a free agent goes, man, that's a pretty good team right there. Getting to watch them, maybe maybe I want to go play for Buffalo or something. Now, you know, I think that happens, but like, I really don't think the last month of the year, last game of the year. I understand what McCarthy was saying, and I understand what he was going for with all that. I just think there's too much turnover for that to even matter, because at the end of the day, what do they tell you? What do they tell you after every game? Well, we're just getting ready for Washington. Or we're, we're look, we're getting ready for Minnesota this week. No, we're getting ready for Philadelphia, dude. It's it's such a next week, next man up type league. I just don't, I don't buy that crap. That's just me. I just, I want to go back to that scenario you had about working at Dunder Mifflin. Sod, <laughs> <laughs> so are you familiar? Sod, do you know you know the office? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Heard of By the, the show. way, for the listener, <laughs> Saad has watched The Office 20 times. 19. For, for, 19. 19. I'm about to start round 20. Yeah, now. round 20 is coming up here. There oh, you got Peacock yeah. now because you're going to love that interface and all those ads. <laughs> no, I actually have I actually have The Office on one of my own streaming services. So um, I've never been watching on Netflix anyways. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I actually just started my rewatch of Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec season one, not as bad as people say. <laughs> Not as bad as people say. It's still totally saw that. still never as good as the office, though. What? That's nope. what you said, but uh, <laughs> then, uh, I, I disagree. But it's fine. We can all. Uh, I'm what a of, community uh, guy, I, so. <laughs> aside from aside from the Cowboys, John's passion for the office is one of my favorite things uh, <laughs> about this whole thing as well. John does love some love some. Uh, Oh, yeah. Dwight Schrute, Michael Scott. Love Dwight. Oh, love actually, and, and KT's really outnumbered mm-hmm. here because I mean Kent is freaking. Best friends with Jenna Fisher, so I mean, what no. are we all saying, right? Not, no, not best, <laughs> not, 
not best friends. It, but it, it was very awkward when Saad was chiming in on this officer of the office sucks. And then I'm like replying to Saad's tweet, like, you know, chiming in on the conversation, just talking about the office. And then, you know, Jenna Fisher chimes in on the conversation. I'm like, oh, God, don't oh shit, God. I'm just glad nobody said something awful or horrible about her because that would have been very, very, very it terrible. Been no, the backstory, the backstory there is, just the backstory, is we were going to do a, uh, when I was with the Cowboys, we were going to do a video with her. Um, and this is one we, you know, you might have seen one we did with the wrestler Sting, uh, where he was working at uh, the Star, as like, uh, you know, just working at the Star as Sting, the wrestler. Uh, we were going to do course. one with her, where she was Pam, and she was Jerry's receptionist. And we got in touch about it talked about it and um can't we circle back though what <laughs> can't we circle back well kent doesn't work for the i don't work for them anymore. anymore i know but that let's i don't want to yeah that just it sounds didn't, like it didn't end weird but it was just like hey cool awesome i understand totally get it you know and it was a yeah it was a it was cool it was you know a little inside baseball there for uh, something, something that never never happened but imagine Pam Beasley as Jerry's receptionist. Gosh. And we would have had Jerry doing like Michael Scott uh, stuff. It was. Uh, it was that would have gotten. That would have gotten the type of views that probably the website's only gotten from. All of other Kent's documentaries. <laughs> I was trying to think <laughs> no, of just. No, no. I, I was just going to think of skits. I think the only like other. That. I was going to say the that breakfast was, one. With, it was with the Zeke. one where Zeke is eating the cereal. Yeah, that yeah. was the. That was the I one. I don't know, was. man. Hellman's video review of that Browns game from 2014 is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I forgot um, about that one. <laughs> and that's why I subscribe to the Athletic. Little tidbits like that that you would have. Done yeah, there you go. Little, little maybe who who knows what else we'll share hey, from our times gonna, in the in the biz. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll open up the vault this offseason. Sure, um, yeah. We have Dane Brugler on Wednesday. We'll have another episode out of About Them Cowboys, so stay tuned for that. Stars Hockey getting going, so make sure you're following Saad Youssef. As he is the new beat recorder for the Dallas Stars as well. Uh, John always has content all the time that he's cranking out here on The Athletic. And, uh, you know, the usual suspects will be around as well, the Bob Sturms, Tim Cato's, and Levi Weavers and Jamie Newbergs of the, of the of the world, and I hope I'm not leaving anyone out. But if I am, I apologize. Uh, the point is, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be here for you all off season. The Cowboys do fail to make the playoffs for the second year in a row. That's a bummer. Uh, they'll try harder next year, though, and we're going to try to see if we can solve it. We're going to have some episodes coming up, looking at the positives of this year, looking at the negatives, looking at uh, you know maybe the roster and who's going to be coming back and who would you want back and who would you not want back. Should I stay or should I go? Type things. We're going to have all of that for you in the coming weeks here on the Athletic and About Them Cowboys. For our producer Kent Garrison, for Saad Yusuf, for Father John Mashoda. I'm Kevin K.T. Turner. Thank you for listening to us all season long and stick with us throughout the offseason beginning Wednesday as Dane Brugler joins us. We'll talk Cowboys draft and Cowboys picking with the top 10 pick, turns out. How about that? We'll be talking about all of that as we uh, move on throughout the offseason and 2021. Goodbye, 2020. Thank you. Uh, All right. I've done the outro. See ya. Y'all stay Corona free, all right? And God bless. (laughs) (laughs) looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot our partner StubHub 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.